We want to welcome you to this week's podcast of Live Transform. This is episode number 144. Jim, Audrey, I love being with you. You know, being together That's is just your a lot people. of fun. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I know. And man, last week we got to be together in Huntsville, we all did. actually in the same room. Man, I, I, I love that. I know. That's just to our listeners who are there. We love seeing the Heart Physics Weekend. weekend. It was was so fun. We met a couple just this week that they missed it. They were there the year before and they missed it this year. And they, they, uh, Again, well, not, not just missed it, but they missed it in their own heart. Yeah. yeah, you know something that we something that we decided to do just because of so much request for it. Uh, we we the videos are online and people can pay to watch the videos, and we will be putting the the audios in a series that people can get just shortly because there's just been so much request for it. Good, that is fantastic. Good, good, good. That is so great. Now. You know, the, the comment of the weekend, by the way, you okay. know, the statement of the weekend oh, no. that, that moved everybody more than anything that was said all weekend was when the three of us were up there together and Bob said, of <laughs> course you were in the South China Sea. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and listen, there, wait, I, wait a minute. And there was a typhoon. Yeah. And there was a typhoon. You know what? <clears throat> I want you know. I know that it sounds like I've lived three or four lifetimes, and you know I know so many times when I'm telling these stories, there's got to be people sitting there saying this absolutely cannot be true. This guy's some kind of a weird liar. Like what is it when you yeah you lie all the time? Evangelistic speaking. Yeah 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 yeah. And oh. I was in China. There was a typhoon. You know. Right right right. Well, I, sure. there, all these stories are true. They really oh, happened. You know. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that is so great. Yeah, I know it was great being all together. And just listeners, I just want to thank you again for being part of our lives. We love that you listen. We love that we're all together in this. Oh, and I yeah, feel like I we're, we're kind of like our own little movement. It's like, oh, yeah, yep. we're talking Absolutely. about the kings of the kingdom and we're all in and we're going to yep. get everything we can out of this life with Jesus, this gift that God has given us, which mm-hmm. is our lifetime. And um, yeah. So what was your favorite part of the weekend, Bob, with being with Jim? Oh, it's always Brenda. Yes, absolutely. Jim's wife, Brenda, is the best, period. Then, you know what? Bob got a lot of loving from Brenda this last... She, she, he did a few things to He help. sucked up. That's the that's oh, reason he got a lot of oh, That's the oh, reason yeah. why. Yeah, yeah he, I did. He was, he, was, uh, he was being her lackey. He was that running was around right. doing stuff I, for her. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> Bob, Bob, so knew, Bob knew who to keep happy I would in, do in this anything for Brenda. So true. But she works so hard, you know, that people just do not uh, recognize and see. So yeah. uh, just to be with Jim and Brenda is always always really really good and and then um we did we uh we were able to you know be with you know uh the people that were you know there to attend and just they are the kindest nicest loving mm-hmm. uh encouraging oh, yeah. yes um, it is just absolutely really fun to be a part of it and then you know the weekend itself um yep. you know Jim you sharing and um just the invitation you know, for, for others to continue and to uh, go further in the journey. And their meditative prayer. That it, was yes. just, that's my one of my favorite subjects. So mm-hmm. it was just really, really great. And that's even where we began this year, uh, you know, of yep. 2019 uh, with this podcast. And so it was just, it was, 
it was really good. It was good all around. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, of course, getting good testimonies back. Had a really interesting situation happen just last week. Sat down with a woman that I have ministered to on and off for over 20 years that could not find happiness. Really? Could not find happiness. Right. Well, and, and, but mm. she couldn't She couldn't find happiness not because she was a bad person. I mean, because she, she served people. She helped people. She, you know, in, in every so many ways, she was really just such an incredible woman. But uh, but she just had some beliefs. Now, her, now the, her father was in the ministry. And, you know, many times we think we are um, dishonoring our parents when we change our doctrine from what their doctrine mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. especially if those parents want, you know, were in the ministry. Right. And so she just had some beliefs, and, and, and it was the core belief that destroys more people than anything else, and that is the sovereignty thing of believing that God is in control of everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had just seen so much disaster in people's lives. You know, she just really reached a place, like, if you're good, why are you why are you letting all this happen? Why are you making all this happen? And but what was interesting, before I ran into her, she came like a few days beforehand. I just kind of had her on my heart. Her and her husband, they're friends of mine. And and you know, when I talk about praying for people, I don't do it like you would think. I'm not just storming heaven and you know, carrying on. Somebody comes to my mind, I just kind of, really all I, most, unless God leads me specifically, I just kind of close my eyes and I start speaking blessings mm-hmm. and life mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And, and, and I try to create some mental Im- image yes. or some yes. sense of what that feels like or looks mm-hmm. like or something. Yeah. And then I just let it go. I mean, it's yeah. no big thing. It might, it might be a 15 second prayer or 30 second prayer or sometimes, you know, longer, but, it, but. So after I did this, I just I just start speaking life and peace over her. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw this picture, and this happens to me a lot. And this happened to other people. People say, "Well, you know, if it if I had these kind of experiences, you know, I'd be able to trust God too." Well, no. If you'd trust God, you'd have these kind of experiences. You, know, you get it backwards. <laughs> you got it backwards. So, so I just saw. I immediately saw this picture, and I saw, and just it was just bam. It was like the, but I saw myself saying to her, "It's time." For you to question your beliefs. Wow. Now I didn't I didn't know if I was rebuking her, correcting her, or or validating her. I didn't know. I just saw this picture and I knew that's what I was saying to her. That was it. That was the end of it. So I just kind of said, okay, God, you know, if this is if this is what I need to be ministered to her, just Bring it about. That's it. See, see, most of the time when we're praying for other people, we're not open to the fact that we need to be part, often need to be part of the dynamic of getting them help. We're wanting God to help them, but we're not really willing to help them. Exactly. And so, you know, the great, the greatest model for that is in, in the book of Acts, you know, when, man, when the church is being persecuted, they didn't change for the, they didn't pray for the people, the world to change. They didn't even pray for persecution to stop. They prayed for them to have boldness to keep being witnesses. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what we got to do, even with our kids, with our friends. With, you know. So anyhow, lo and behold, you know, a few days, a week later, I don't, I don't remember because I'm not good with time. I'm, you, know, you know how I am. And so I, you know, we just, I just ran into her, and she came and sat down. She said, you know what? I read the Heaven on Earth book, and now I just read 
the keys to the kingdom. And I don't know what it was. I don't know what happened, but she mm-hmm. said, all right, I, I, I've got, I've got to have some answers. And she said, I, she said, I just think I'm in trouble. She said, I think the devil's attacking me. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, you know, I just find myself saying, God, uh, uh, you know, if this, you know, if you're doing this and you're not a good God, I don't understand. And so she kind of went through that kind of thing. I yeah. said, okay, here's what I think. I said, it's not the devil. I said, you have finally reached a place to start questioning your own beliefs. Hmm. So you're not repentant and teachable if you're not willing to question your own beliefs. Yeah. I'm not saying just throw them away, but question them in the light of biblical you know, basis. And so, you know, I sit down and share with her for a few minutes. And man, I've seen this happen thousands of times. You know where the light comes on yes, for somebody? Yes. I mean, it's like their countenance changes. Mm-hmm. The light in their eyes change. Yes. The tone of their it voice does. changes. It happens yeah. right their, in front their of your body eyes. Body language changes. Yes. They sit up straighter. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. And I just said, look, at the core of your struggle is this you believe the false teaching of sovereignty. You believe God is in control of everything that happens, and you've been taught that because you were raised in church. And so I just went through the whole thing about God giving authority to man. And man, I'm telling you, bam. And, and she made the most interesting statement. She said, so you're saying we can choose to pray and believe for good things in our life. Yeah. And so then I then I talked to her about the keys of the kingdom. It's not about praying and believing no. for good things in life. It's about believing what Jesus did at the cross and you unlocking the door right. that allows it into your life mm-hmm. because you choose it. You yeah. use you use your delegated authority. You use your delegated authority. And you said this in last time's um podcast you said once you decide, you once you decide, then you can spend your life persuading your heart. You know, oh, yeah. and so so I think that is so cool because um, and yesterday, um, Jim, we had a couple in our office, and um, what happened with her is that just what it, it reminded me when you said that about her countenance changed. This mm-hmm. girl had always judged herself. This lady, she was almost sixty, had judged herself her whole life that her personality was too strong. She was too direct. She was always beating herself up because it, it always got her in trouble, and she almost like didn't like the way God made her. You know, her personality and all that stuff. Well, she had an, an incredible encounter with Jesus in her own heart, in her secret place, where all of a sudden it was in this tender moment. I said, what is God's heart saying to your heart? And she said, he's telling me that I have a kind heart. And something happened, this softness, you could physically see mm-hmm. softness come over her because Jesus himself said, you have a kind heart. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was, thing, there was this painful thing, stole that, that you put an armor around it. But deep mm. down, it's there, and you have a kind heart. And it was just cool to see the softness. I didn't know you could see softness in someone's oh, eyes. Oh, yeah, you, you, yeah, you like, can see this stuff just bubble up it. out of people. And her yeah. husband said, I see it. I see, like, mm. it was just such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And it's all what Jesus does once you decide. Now, she as well today and then the rest of her life will spend her life persuading her heart. I have a kind oh. heart, you know? And so it's but see, you, but you you hit the nail on the head. This is so important that people that we don't skip. And I'm I know I'm kind of interrupting, you, but, but yeah, I no, don't no, want to get a, I don't want to get away from this. What you said is so important. See, even people who listen to me talk about persuading their heart come at it backwards. 
I'm going to persuade right. my heart. And once I get my heart then persuaded, have an then, then I'll God. decide. Yeah, and then, then I'll, I'll decide. decide. Right. No. No. You have to. See, you know. So true. The, the really interesting scripture in the book of uh, Isaiah where it says, if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Yeah. Now, remember, the word obedient and the word hear and the Hebrew are the same words. So you cannot and will not hear and understand anything that you're not already willing right. to do. Right. Now, when you look at the word willing in the Hebrew, oh, man, I'll tell you, my, my head just about blew up when I, when, I, <laughs> when I went and looked at the root word. Because the root word in Hebrew for willing is spelled aleph, mm-hmm. bet, hey. Now, the aleph, first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, represents oneness or coming into harmony with God. So willingness starts with the willingness and the intention to harmonize with God. That's right. why in my book, Heaven Earth, I talk about how that a, re, a repentant, teachable heart is the first step toward perceiving that there is a kingdom, seeing that there's a door to the kingdom, and understanding how to enter into the kingdom and then how to function in the kingdom. But it all starts with a repentant, teachable heart. Yes. But the So the person, if you're unwilling or if you haven't decided to be willing, and really all of this should start at lordship. It should just start mm-hmm. with, you know, if Jesus is my Lord, I'm always going to be willing anytime I see yes, a discrepancy between my opinions and his. So, But Olive represents the coming into harmony with God. So that's where it has to start. I want to I want to believe what God says. I want to believe how Jesus showed this to me. But then the bet represents the heart. So it's not just the fact that I'm going to come into harmony. Once I choose to come into harmony, then I can persuade my heart. Mm-hmm. So, so the heart doesn't come into play until the intention is there to come into harmony. Now mm-hmm. the hay, you know, the hay represents the breath of God. Now, when you th- when we think about the breath of God, I don't I don't know where people's minds go, but you know, my my I always think first about God breathing life into Adam. Mm-hmm. The the first man. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> I always say this, in the Hebrew, the word for life indicates that you have the experience first and then the understanding and not and even knowledge our intimate knowledge follows the experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're Gnostic-based Christianity in the 21st century, so we say, no, you got to get enough knowledge and enough understanding so that you can finally believe. No, that's, that's, intellectual, that's an intellectual persuasion. That is not persuading the heart. The, the, the hay is where because you have harmonized your belief with God, just like what Jesus did, this is exactly what Jesus had to do. I am one with the Father. These the words I speak are not my words; they are His. The works right. that I do, they're not my works. Are right. His. You know, every, I'm only going to do. And Jesus even said, you know, any, anybody that really is really interested in, you know, uh, expounding on their opinion seeks their own glory. They don't seek the glory of God. Hmm. He says that in John seven seventeen and eighteen. So the hay is where because once I believe this in my heart, it's just like Adam. Had a physical body, but he was still he was still lifeless. 
And God breathed that life. And once you believe something in your heart, then God breathes his life into you in that situation. Yes, he does. But and there's another... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 you go. Well, there's another little thing to the hay that I love. Uh-huh. The hay looks like a rectangle set up on its end, and the bottom is wide open. In the top left-hand corner, the lines don't connect. And the hay, the, that when Jesus said... That's a really cool is symbol. The path. Broad is the path to destruction. Yeah. Yeah. And many there go. He's talking about the hay. They knew what he was talking about. They understood. That's because mm. that's that's what that's how the Hebrews understood the alpha. So so he's not saying, he's not talking about people who get saved or not. He's talking about people who see, perceive, and enter into the heaven on earth, the kingdom of God. And so the hay represents now there. Here's the breath of God breathing into this situation, but the people, there are some people that just don't see it, don't perceive it, and they still go into destruction. But that little gap at the top, when Jesus said, but narrow is the way, and few are those who enter into life. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about the kingdom of God. He's not talking about whether you're saved or not. Mm -hmm. And so when God, when our, when we have, chosen to align with God, when we have persuaded our heart and God breathes that life into us, now we have the understanding and we will go through the narrow gate yes. into the heaven on earth. Yes. And so he's saying, unless you are willing, which really describes this whole process, yes. until you are willing, you can't really even hear. So you got to be willing and obedient because remember the word obey and hear are the same word. Then God can take you into through the narrow gate into the heaven on earth to have the good things that come into life. But what you said is so crucial, Audrey, I'm telling you, is that until you decide yes. to be open to God in any area. Yes, then you can't persuade your heart because the whole time you're trying to persuade your heart, your heart's saying, nope, nope. Yeah. I hadn't decided to do that yet. Nope. Nope. Right. I haven't agreed to this. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I want to do this. I have never until you know, we've been concentrating this on this a lot this year in our podcast, but the power of choice, you, you hear those words all your life, but when you feel the impact of that, you're not waiting for a certain experience for God or waiting for him to quote unquote show up, during your quiet time or you're not, yeah. you know, all these things that I, most of the, my life, I was just waiting for God's presence to decide to, to, to be there that day. Or, you oh, yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm waiting yeah. for the, the right church service or the right conference or the right mm -hmm. revelation before I can really get there. And to have this amazing ability to say, to be willing to say, you know what, because I'm in harmony, harmony, I'm going to eat the good of the land right here, right now, and I'm deciding. Because mm -hmm. a, a lot of people are are waiting for that moment to happen. Yeah. Yep. So do you have the anointing, meaning do you yeah. have the ability, yeah. you know, to create that feeling that I need for something to happen? Yeah. And people look for it 
in in meetings or in gatherings, yeah. you know, where the music is just right, the the preaching is just so, and the emotions are all there, and all of right. a sudden I feel something, it must be God. Yeah. God, God showed up. You, you know what else, Bob, though? I even did it in my own quiet time. Some oh, of my uh, quiet yes. times, oh, yeah. would, yes. some of my quiet times would be better, and then I'd feel like, man, I've been in a desert for months. I'm not feeling the presence of God, or you know what I mean. I thought that I was just waiting for that season to be gone when I'm going to start to feel Him again, and I would, you know, yeah. like I think now, like, oh my gosh, I just get to decide. Right now, yeah, you kind of slap yourself. And yeah, go, what am I thinking? <laughs> well, I <laughs> think I think back of years when I was being introspective and overthinking. Uh, why isn't God's presence with me? What am I doing wrong? What do I need to repent of because I can't feel Him? And all that self degrading, self judgment stuff that 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 led to because I wasn't uh, make just mm-hmm. making that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, the turning point for me when I. When I began to actually put on my healing for my kidney disease. Yeah. You know, I'd been going, you know, I'd made the decision, healing is mine. Right. I mean, so, and I started persuading my heart. And like I've told people, this this is, uh, this was kind of the culmination of, of years of trying to understand how to pray. Yeah. And finally being in a position where my life was on the line. Yeah, seriously, talk about and, desperation. And, and it's like, I, you know, I got to understand what Jesus said about praying because I'm I'm missing something. Yeah. So I started that process of just every day through meditative prayer. Yeah. You know, not just speaking the, the name of God, but meditating on what the name of God would look like in my yes. life, what it would feel like in my yes. life. So I'm going through this process. And so I'll never forget one day I got up. And, and listen, man, I'm t- I, you know, I had months and weeks of incredible pain, of outrageous fever. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, you've heard me say this. There was, uh, there was one particular time for over a hundred days, my temp only dropped under a hundred degrees one time. Whoa! I, I don't know if you know how devastating oh that gosh. is to the human body, but oh I'm gosh. telling you, I was messed up. I hurt all over. I was nauseated nearly all the time. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't have energy. I'm telling you, it was it was horrible. It was horrible. Well, you start to and lose so, your mind because you, I mean, I mean, I would guess like because your body isn't working and you're in so yeah, much your, pain. Your body just doesn't cooperate with anything, right? So I remember one morning I got up and I was sitting in the bed. I really wasn't up. I was awake, but I was up sitting in the bed. And I was praying and and speaking the truth. And I remember I had this, I came to this realization that I had been doing all along, but I just couldn't see it. I had this realization that as I was praying, I kept expecting something to happen. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of like I was waiting on the wind to blow through the yes. room or, you know, or something to happen. You wanted to see you an know, angel or something. I knew what I was saying was true. Yeah. I knew I had chosen to persuade my heart yeah. and, to, and to, you know, bring this into my heart. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, because of the fact that I was already into the sickness pretty deep, by this point in time, I had been desperately sick for for two years probably and uh, or longer that is and, so long. and and had a prayer life you know I was work, I was praying I was trying to persuade my heart but see when when the when the pain 
confronts you every day, then the struggle you have every day is, see, the word of God is not true. You know, what you're saying is not true because you call yourself healed, but you're hurting. That's not the devil talking to you. That is your body. That is your conscience. It's your own conscience talking to you. So, you know, that's why I always tell people, don't wait until you're in trouble because, man, it is hard to overcome what you are feeling in your body or what you're, you know, all of these things that are happening. So I'm sitting up and I, I suddenly have this realization that I'm, that I'm expecting something to happen. It's yeah. like, because I'm, I'm kind of there like, I know I believe God. I know this is the truth. I yeah. know who God is. I know who I am. So I, you know, I found myself almost just kind of sitting there looking around saying, okay, something's got to happen. And nothing happened. So I just kind of took a deep breath and kind of tried to relax into my heart zone. And so I just said this, here's the deal, God. Galatians 3.13 says, I am <laughs> redeemed from the curse of the law. So here's the deal. I, this is over. Sickness, you ain't got any place. And this is really where I started really, really consistently operating and binding and losing. Wow. I said, you know, you, you, you don't, I don't want you. You don't have yep. any place in me. You're not yep. from God. I will not accept you. Wow. And then I went to 2 Corinthians one twenty, and I said, I thank you, Father, that all the promises you've ever made to anyone are yes to me. They're not yes and no. They're not yes sometimes and no sometimes. They are yes, yes, and amen. Right. And yep. healing is mine, and I refuse to live any other way. Wow. Now, I got to tell you, nothing changed other than my decision. Wow. And so from that minute forward, hmm. every time I would make a decision, I would say, what would a healthy person do? What would I do if I was healthy? Yes. What would I do if I had energy? And I, so that morning, now you got to realize, man, I was on this experimental drug. My body was full of toxins. I could not purge. You know, I, you know my BUN levels were out of sight because I wasn't purging any toxins. So I sweat profusely and it stunk. It smelled like antibiotics mixed with poison. You know right, what I mean? Right, 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 right. And so every morning I got up stinking. Wow. And and I remember just saying, okay, if if, if I was completely energetic, yeah. if I was completely healthy and energetic, yeah. I'd get up and take a shower. Okay. Uh, and, you know, so I got up and I'm telling you, I thought I was going to die. Wow. But I just got up. I mean, I had to wedge myself into the corner of the shower to be able to stand up long enough to take a shower. Wow. So I got out and I, you know, I, so I closed the toilet lid and sat down on the commode because it dried my hair. Now, at that point, I was complete exhaustion. I, yeah. I physically could not go down that. So I didn't condemn myself. I just went back to bed. Yeah. You know, when I woke up two or three hours later, I got up and I said, okay, if I was, if I was healed, and said, or actually I'd usually say since healing is mine, yeah. what would I do what if I was living do? in it? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I started, that became how I made every decision. And sometimes it just meant I would get up and start something and couldn't finish it. But I never condemned myself, never beat myself up, never said I wasn't healed, mm -hmm. never complained against God. I just said, you know, no, it's mine. I, I'm not waiting on anything else. There is nothing else. And, and I say this all the time, and boy, I don't think people get it, it because so many people say, "When did you get healed?" Yeah, and I was always like, yeah. "I don't know." 
And you know, you and I, we've all talked about it. I don't know. I can't tell you because there wasn't a moment that I instantaneously went from being completely sick to being completely well. But to the degree, every day, just a little by little, to the degree that being healthy became real to me, it lessened my the degree to which I was able to be sick. And I tell this story. Um, some people just can't. Some people, you know, people tell me a lot of things. I say, Jim, you just live this crazy life. Sometimes I can't relate to your stories. I'm sorry. My stories just come out of my life experience. So, <laughs> so I've told this story. And some people really get it. Some people don't. One time when I was, uh, my brother and I, when we were kids, we, we broke into a place. <laughs> you know, we were a little, we were a little. Uh, Trouble Want to be criminals, you know. Yeah. And so. I don't know if somebody called the police or there was an alarm, but the police came. Now, I was a lightning fast runner. You know, when I got into high school and played football, I was the fastest guy, uh, you know, on, on the freshman team. I was the fastest guy on the on the junior varsity. I was the fastest guy on the varsity. <laughs> I could I could outrun most. And most of that, I, I developed running from the police. <laughs> I'll tell you, you learn how to run when the cops are chasing you. So anyhow... Cops show up, man, and there was a big field, and it was probably 300 yards between the place where we were and the edge of the woods. Now, we knew that if we got in those woods, they'd never chase us in there at night because, I mean, I'm telling you, it's full of snakes, you know, uh, 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 what we call briars, you know, thorns and thistles yep, yep. and all that kind of yeah. And they just wouldn't, they just, we knew, and that used to be our big getaway. Anytime police got after any of us or anything, you run into the woods because they wouldn't, they wouldn't go in there. And if they did, you just jump into the creek and cross the creek because you knew they weren't going to get wet, particularly if it's cold <laughs> weather. So we, you know, that's where we all live. So, so man, all of a sudden, man, we look at each other like, run. Man, we we're both because I'm ahead of my brother, you know. Even though he was older than me, man, I could outrun anybody. Right. Well, you know, one of the cops cut across the field and and was able to get up on me. I knew I could outrun him, but the problem was, you know, he, he kind of shortcutted me, and so it, so he reached out. And I had this this coat on he that was kind of too big for me. He reached out and grabbed that coat. And he said, I don't remember what he said, but he said something like, I got you, you little SOB, you know? And so all I did was I let my arms go back. Oh, no. And I just slid out of that coat and kept running and left him standing there holding that coat. (laughs) man. And so, you know, honestly, when I think about getting, walking into my healing, that is the picture that comes to me is all I really did was slide out of this garment, slide out of this coat, and leave it behind. Right. That's all. That's all that, that and you And that picture is so vivid and visual and experiential. Like, I mean, you remember the feeling of running free. I mean. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, but all of this starts with a decision. Yes. And the, and the decision is God is true. You can't, the decision can't be, I'm going to see if this is true. The decision can't be, I hope this is true. No. The decision can't be, it can't be anything other than God is true. And I'm the one that's out of harmony with him. Yes. And God speaks to me. So many people say, yeah. I can't hear God's voice. Well, sure just decide you hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. Stop questioning yeah, I, whether yeah. you're hearing it and just hear it. And there it is. Well, the thing is, if you don't, and, and, and the, the Hebrew is very clear on this, you know, we have, 
the revealed knowledge of God, which is his written word. Mm -hmm. If you consider God's written word to be untrue, then you're considering God a liar. What's he got to say to you? Because exactly. he ain't going to say anything other than what's already there. Right, 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 right. So, so most people who say they can't hear from God, it's because they've already decided he's a liar. And remember, you can't hear what you're willing, unwilling to mm -hmm. obey or follow. Right, right. So, and I know people are sitting there saying, well, wait a minute, I thought we were going to talk about delegated authority. Well, well we are. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. But all of this is part of the journey to... to uh, to, you know, realizing I'm going to harmonize with God. I'm going to persuade my heart. And, and then I'm going to enter in the presence of God. And so out of this place of being, out of this, out of this sense of who you are, you know, in our ultimate impact group right now, we're dealing with the dignity and worth, the life matrix. Mm -hmm. And uh, you cannot separate dignity and worth. You cannot separate your self-worth biblically, scripturally, or emotionally from your capacity and confidence to use your authority. Okay. Because in Psalm 82, God says, I crowned you with glory and honor, and I set you over all the works of my hands. And, and so if I don't, if I am not believe in who I am in Jesus. If I am not trusting what God says about me, if I'm not trust, trusting who I am in Jesus, all these things, then it's going to diminish. I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'm saying it's going to diminish your confidence okay. when it comes to operating delegate okay, so authority. Okay, so we always, I just love how life has changed since we understand your dignity and worth and how that is so absolutely bottom line foundational for everything of, of where we move from in a relationship with Jesus, knowing our dignity and worth. So my question is, I've always put those two words together, dignity and worth, dignity and worth, yep. dignity and worth. So is there a difference between the two words, dignity and worth? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, and I'm not going to go into like a bunch of Hebrew definitions here uh, as much as I'm going to kind of go conceptually. You know, uh, dignity and worth is often translated glory and honor. Oh, okay. Now, worth, the reason, and see, these words are so immense in definition yeah. that you can't really narrow it down to just one single definition. simple thing. Right, right, right. So, uh, in general, the, the, the first concept of dignity and worth, of course, dignity gets into you know, the, the, the sense of honor, the sense okay. of, of, of who you are, the is sense it, of... I think of importance. I almost think of royalty. Yeah. Like, or royalty, importance. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, stop and think about it. If you have a sense of dignity, you, 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 you conduct yourself a certain way. Yeah, you, you you walk around with your head up, your mm -hmm. sense of uh, of who of who you are. All of these things. Um, uh, you're not less than. You're not not enough. You're you 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 have dignity. You have right. Yes, I get that. So 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 and, and so worth uh, uh, in the most basic sense. I'm not going into the biblical sense. Yeah, here. worth of course gets into value. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you know, translating those words as dignity and worth is just is just is just part of uh, the whole the whole concept uh, uh, or the basic concept of 
uh, of what they mean. But stop and think about it. The word glory, because we're, we're actually translating the word glory um, uh, in, in this. So the word glory gets into this thing about the greatness, mm -hmm. the, the, the splendor, yeah. the, the uh, uh, you know, uh, the strength, all, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of these magnificent, the, the majesty. Mm -hmm. I have been crowned with the majesty, the strength, the glory, all of this mm, of God. Yes. That's why Jesus said, look, the glory you've given me, I give to them. Right. In John, in John 17, which is a pretty phenomenal statement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so glory, though, also gets into this whole, you know, remember how God defined his glory was his goodness and how that, how that has to do with all of these kind of uh, of 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 things, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, my mind is jumping around. I'm try, I'm trying not to get too long in any one of these things because any one of these things we could we could actually cover or spend the whole whole podcast. <laughs> I was just covering. thinking that way. I was thinking, I think we could go down yeah. these roads uh, you, for a you long. Opened something I up. did. Yeah. I said, yes. so Jim, what's the difference between dignity and worth? Ah, uh, that's a loaded but question. <laughs> here is here is the basics of dignity uh, of the word glory, glory and honor, dignity and worth. The basics of the word glory is abundance, splendor, mm -hmm. dignity, and that's where we get the word dignity and worth, mm -hmm. honor, mm -hmm. reputation, mm -hmm. riches, mm -hmm. abundance. Yeah. <laughs> All of these things that interestingly legalists and negative people don't believe God wants us to have. But God right. says, I've, I've crowned you with this. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we, we, if we have dignity... If we have glory, it, we should be walking through life continually expecting life to work, continually expecting. You know, I, I expect even if I make a bad decision and I go through a slump on something, I always still expect to come out on top. Not meaning that somebody else has got to lose for me to win. I just always believe I'm going to win. And if I can, I'm going to help you win. If we're in a business negotiation, yeah. I'm going to negotiate where we all win. You yeah. know? But no matter what you do, I'm going to win. So, so there's just that basic general concept of, of, of walking. You know, God doesn't walk through the, the world with his head hung down. No. Uh, and, and so if, if we are crowned with the glory of God, but so remember, crowned with something doesn't mean it's like somebody laid hands on you and, and just forced it on you. It means this is something that I have to choose. This is something I have to believe. I have, this is something I have to accept. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, so, and I won't, I'm not going to go too far. I, I mean, honestly, we could do an yeah. entire series just on these two words. But talking about, talking about delegated authority, you know, and you, you know, re referencing your, your kidney disease and, yep. and yeah. you walking, you know, in, in your healing in that and walking yeah. out of that, you yes. know, uh, you know, the, you know, you know, that, that coat, you know, just being pulled from you and you yep. just, you know, running free into mm -hmm. it. You know, we're talking about this delegated authority and, and now we step into, you know, the dignity and worth and, and who mm -hmm. I am. I'm kind of thinking in my mind, there are so many that have experienced you know, we're we're talking about you know uh, people wanting to experience God, and they they're they're in a moment, they're in a meeting. They might even 
have had someone pray for them and they've experienced, you know, what they would call a miracle and they're yeah. good for two or three days. And then all of a sudden they're right back to where they were. And then they switch back to the thought and thinking, well, I guess, guess it wasn't real. Guess it wasn't for me. Nope. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And they didn't have the dignity and worth to be able to walk into you know, newness. the yeah. newness of life. Yeah, you're right, Bob. Because we're talking about, yeah. you know, persuading our heart, you know, going into, you know, through that narrow gate and me making that choice. You see, I, I'm I'm seeing all of this, you know, dovetailing together here. Yeah, that that's such a good point, Bob. Such a good you point. You know, I used for years, I would tell people, if I got reduced to only one subject, that I could teach for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't hesitate one minute. It would be our identity. Yeah, yeah. That'd be it. Yeah, because that includes God's identity. That yeah. includes how we were created. Yeah. But 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 here here's the thing. See, religion and our own unbelief has robbed us of almost everything that Jesus came to make possible for us here on planet. Now, people are looking to pie in the sky and the great by and by. You know, I mean, people are believing for heaven, and praise God they are. But very few people believe anything that the Bible teaches about how we're supposed to live now. Because they don't look at Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of God as being about how we live here and the realm that we enter into in our heart. They look at it as the kingdom of God being when you get saved. And so there's a total perversion. Now, we are supposed to live like priests and kings. Now, if you are born into a royal family, which we are, then what they do, what the family does, is they take this child born into a royal, and I'm telling you, the very, I mean, the very first things they start learning is that you are royalty, you are. You will grow up to be a king. You mm-hmm. you have to see yourself this way, and you have to understand that your words have responsibility. People have to obey you. You know, one of the kings of, of Israel was what nine or eleven years old and brought reform to the nation of Israel. And right. why? I mean, how could he do that at that age? I'll tell you why. Because his entire life, all he was taught about was his identity. Wow. Yeah. Now, see, that doesn't happen for believers. And and so so you know they, they they learn this negative crap that's worthless that diminishes what Jesus did on the cross diminishes and makes them who question who they are because they're and never good enough question, and judges yeah. themselves. So you get a lifetime of this. Yeah. You don't have dignity and worth. You know the centurion is the is always you know is the perfect model. Mm-hmm. A centurion comes to Jesus. You know, Jesus laying hands on people. Jesus going visiting people at their house. You know what I mean? And ministering to their family members. And he says, "Look, I got a, I got a, a servant that's, uh, uh, that, you know, sick, and uh, uh, I want you to, you know, take care of this for me." Jesus, says, all right, I'll, I'll come. And I, it's just so cool. That guy says, and he's not even an Israelite. He's a Gentile. He just says, "No, you don't have to do that." <laughs> just speak the word and he'll be healed. And he says, look, I am a man under authority. This, so, so this centurion connects authority, delegated authority. This is what you have to understand. Our authority is not to do anything we want to do, even though we can. 
I mean, we can destroy the world. We can build the world. We can do, because we all still have authority. Saved, lost, righteous, yeah. unrighteous, wicked, godly. You know, we all have authority. We're all affecting everything that's happening on planet Earth. Yeah. But, but he's saying, the, the authority that I have is to act within the scope of what I was de- de- what was delegated to me. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, and he didn't he didn't say it quite this way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of expand it a little bit. Basically, he said, look, I am an officer of Rome, which means I rep- I represent the the word of the emperor. Mm-hmm. And when I say to this one go, it's just like the emperor saying go. When I say to this one come here and do this, it's just like the emperor himself saying it. They're gonna do what I say because I have authority. Now, authority is not power. Authority is the right to use power, the right mm. to make choices. Mm-hmm. And so, so he says, I understand authority. You don't have to, all you got to do is say it and it's going to happen. And Jesus said, you know what? I have never seen such <laughs> great faith in all of Israel. Now, something, he didn't equate greatness of faith to knowing how to work a formula. He didn't equate greatness of faith. I mean, a whole lot of things that religion would define as greatness of faith. He equated greatness of faith to understanding delegated authority. Wow. So the question is this, and this is where it gets into dignity and worth. Uh, Let's say a tornado is rolling up towards your house. Do you have the confidence not try to have the confidence, not try to work up the confidence, not try to pray up the confidence. Do you have the confidence to look at it and say, stop or dissipate or whatever you would say, or just mm-hmm. no? You know, when you are faced with situations that are beyond the scope of what Jesus' finished work will allow. They've already been declared legal. Any part of the curse has been declared legal. Mm -hmm. So when the curse comes to you, do you, without flinching, it's not a matter of even, it's it's, it's Mm. not even a matter of trying to, you know, believe that I can make this happen. It's a matter of this has been declared legal or illegal by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I'm creating the likeness image of God. I have authority. And so I say, no, 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 mm-hmm. and I want, and this is this is what I want to replace it because it's it's part of the promises of God, which all the promises of God are yes. Do I can I have an absolute immovable confidence? Not faith in my faith, faith in what Jesus did, faith right. in what who God said I was. Yeah. Do I feel good enough about myself yeah. to look at the situation? Yeah. And go, you know what? Yeah, healing, you got to come in the situation. Wow. You know, I can't, I can't even tell you how many times in facing incredible, <laughs> seemingly insurmountable odds on situations, all I could do was just look at a situation and go, no, I don't accept this. This this, this will, this outcome that you're telling me will not be the outcome. This is the outcome I choose. And I say, this, this is what's going to happen. Isn't this encouraging? Yes. You're, maybe you're, the question, you're, you're really on it, Jim. This is exciting. Well, maybe the question we need to ask is this. this. Is it, really, if you want we can we can cut out all of what you got to believe to get here. The question is, are you to the place to where what I say always 
comes, well, I say with intention, <laughs> always comes to pass. Yeah. Because if you're not there, then either you don't believe the word of God or you believe portions of it, but you have not yet persuaded your heart of who you are in Jesus. You are you are lacking in a sense of mm-hmm. dignity and worth. You are lacking in this self-worth. Uh, you know, listen, when we walk through a room, we should walk through a room with a sense of God's here. Because yep. he's here with me. Yeah. Man, I walk into a church, I, it just doesn't just gripe me. You know, I get invited to preach some church and, and you know, they'd get up and bind the devil and ask God to come and be in the service. I'd get up and tell them, I would. I'd make them mad. I'd get up and tell them, I don't know why y'all did all that because I'm here, God's here. <laughs> the devil is scared out of his mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That long the devil time ago. Does, I used to always tell people, the devil don't want to ever come where I am because I ruin his reputation anytime he shows up. <laughs> but see, and people think that's ego. No, that's not ego. That's authority. I was just saying, this is who I am. Yeah, this is who I am. In yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not because of me. Not because of anything yeah. I've done. Yeah. So authority, remember, authority is the right to do something. So Jesus says... Uh, did we get into this about who do men say that I am? Did we get into that last week or? No. We, I just, we? yeah, just a little bit. Yes. Okay. I tell you what, we, we're, we're, let's don't get into that today because, because I want to next week go into who do men say I am. Okay. Okay. And because Jesus showed us how what we believe about his identity will determine our ability to use the keys of the kingdom. Now, you notice these are not keys to the kingdom. These are not the keys that get you in the kingdom. These are the keys that once you realize there is a kingdom and you enter into it, these are the keys of the kingdom. In other words, like the keys to my house get you in my house. The keys of the house are the ones you will use to open the individual doors within the house. Mm. And so once you come to this realization, okay, I can enter into the kingdom of God. I'm surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. So now I'm in this realm where all of the resources of God exist. But the question is this, do you possess the keys and know how to use the keys to open or the doors to all the resources of God or right. close the doors to all the violations that could come against mm-hmm. you. Okay. I am we'll go, very, we'll go there ne- I am next very week. full of anticipation. I love it. And I'm full of faith. Um, just speaking together, probably listeners, you're feeling the same way I am. This has been so empowering. I mean, if yes. this doesn't empower you, I don't know what, because this is just persuading us ourselves of our identity mm-hmm. in Jesus oh, mm-hmm. and our dignity Completely. and our worth. And the fact that we can just say, I, I am persuading my heart to the point where I can clearly and confidently say, no, stop, not allowed. You know, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, and, and I remember, remember at the heart physics weekend, Jim gave us the homework. Yes, right, we're right. right out at night. Everything that every what, what I, say I say with, with intention, intention mm-hmm. always comes to pass. Always. And we wrote. And if the people want to do that, they just need to remember number one: write it in cursive. Yeah. Don't print it. Write it in cursive. You know, just get you a little. T- I keep a special tablet in the drawer on my night table for this. 
And, and it goes back years of things that I have done until they got to where they worked flawlessly in my life. And where I, all I do is write it down. And, and, and you always, it always has to be personal, positive, uh, uh, and, uh, First person. and present tense. Yeah. yeah. Present. And so, and so you wait till about 15 minutes before you know you're going to go to sleep and do this and it will bypass your brain. It will influence your nervous system and you will have dreams that will take you through processes symbolically of coming to where whatever it is you're writing becomes a reality. Yeah. So I'm going to repeat it again for everyone. What I say with intention always comes to pass. Mm-hmm. Over yeah, and over again. Yeah. Bob and I, you know, the tablets beside our bed, right? As we're falling asleep, mm-hmm. we're both writing it out. Yep. He writes it on his iPad, actually. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was, as long as you write it in cursive. As long yeah. as it's in cursive. So uh, I, I had one more story and then we'll, we'll head off okay. and call it, a, call it a week. But uh, <laughs> you see, when, when I was there at Heart Physics Weekend... Uh, Brenda, remember yeah. how I, I said at yeah. the beginning of the podcast, I Brenda. really enjoyed being with Brenda. Yeah, yeah, it was great. She gave me the keys of the house. Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. Because I had a job to get done. Mm. You see? Yeah. And, and, and with that, you're able to open the doors, unlock them, you know, get what you need, but you're able to yep. get things done. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, the keys of the kingdom are in, in that way. You know, not there's nothing that God would ask us to do that He did not give us the authority to be able to accomplish that task. So you don't have to go back begging, you know, don't have to go back wondering. But He's given you the keys of the kingdom. Now, can you use them to get the resources needed? Yeah. Woo. Got it. I love this. I love Mm -hmm. it. I'm gonna listen to it over and over again. All right. Jim, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I love this. And thank you again, everyone. Just thank being, you, everyone, being for being willing with to us. take the journey with us. This is and a great we really new day. encourage you. And it's going to be a really good day. Yes. You make the choice. You just yes. go and enjoy his presence, you know, and his favor that really does rest upon your life. You have made the decision and now you're just persuading your heart. Good. That every day. Yep. Okay, good. Ooh, okay, so we'll see you next week. Absolutely. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.